0: Welcome to season four of the Dynamic Leader podcast. My name is Shelley Flett. I believe that leadership at its core requires strong relationships, the ability to sit in a space of genuine curiosity and the courage to build capability in others. I believe great leaders are lifelong learners. And so my intention is to help you to continue your learning journey by bringing you new perspectives from experts in their field. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi everyone and welcome to another Dynamic Leader Conversation. Today we're talking about my favorite topic, which is fun. Um, Anyone that knows me knows that I love fun and I love adventure and I love new experiences um, and I think that you can do serious work and still have fun in the process. So, uh, I have an amazing person with me today, Nikki Bersin. She's the owner and founder of Cherry Landing and Finance. Nikki believes that a good leader is someone who inspires and motivates others through positivity and even fun to achieve great results. So we're super aligned um, with that. We also worked together um, when we were in banking, um, which was quite a long time ago now. So it's so wonderful to have you um, on the podcast, Nikki, and great to reconnect with you after so long.
1: Thanks, Shelley. I, I, I'm so excited to be here today and actually speaking to someone that I know. I've done podcasts in the past, but haven't known the person I've been speaking to. So definitely a connection. Yes, it was a long time ago, but it always comes back up again. So thank you for having me.
0: Um, and I don't know, you know, I think it's it's worthwhile talking about um, the experience. So I know when when we were working together, um, the, the department we were in was quite interesting, but I had always been in the operations space and I remember starting um, my banking career in commercial cards and it was the funnest environment I think I've ever worked in. And I still sometimes mourn the loss of what we had and what the experiences were like what was your experience um you know because you weren't just in the one role you had a couple of different ones what was your experience like yeah
1: so my journey with ANZ actually started off in branches I was on one of their first pilot um, branch management development program I don't think they run them anymore Um, and that was a fantastic opportunity learning something and then becoming a branch manager after gosh I think it was three months it was incredible um it was, it was good. Um, and I think with any job and any career path that you have, it can be really about the team that you're working with at that time and not so much the larger organisation. So I had some really good experiences in the branches, but then decided to go up into head office and work in the project management team. Um, and I started off in a really nice space there and There was a lot of celebration with work and um, the teams and things like that, and that was amazing. Then I left that team and sort of went into the space that we were working in and had a very different experience. So, again, it was all under the ANZ umbrella, but I had all these different experiences along the way, Um, and at the end of it I just thought I'm a bit of a square peg trying to fit into a round hole here and it was time to leave.
0: It's so like, I love listening to people's journey. Cause I would say I was a round peg in a round hole. And then I got square or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. actually think that at one point I, the environment was really good for me. And then um, I felt like I'd outgrown. And I think the older I got, the more I was like, I want to do something that actually fulfills me and lights me up. And I don't mind working hard, yeah. but it can't be heavy. I think was was a big thing for me, um, and so leaving and starting my own business was it was just so light. I mean, there was lots of work to do, and there was some really challenging times, but it was it was so much more aligned.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly where I sit, actually. It's, you know, I think people think, oh, you're so lucky, you're so successful and you're doing your own thing. But, I mean, the reality is I work seven days a week, probably in some instances or a lot of instances, 12 hours a day. But I would still prefer this over working in that environment where I was very restrained and I was butting heads in the end with everyone because I was just wanting to get out. So. Mm.
0: And that's not to say um, that that environment isn't really good for for certain people, is it? It's like it's about finding your space, don't you think?
1: Absolutely, it's it's fantastic for so many people. Um, you know, I know people that are still there and, and have wonderful careers and absolutely love it. So it's not about. It's certainly not about saying any organisation's no good, or you know, you should all be self-employed because that's not that. That's definitely not it. Um, you've got to find your thing, and and at the end of the day, I think, and we'll touch on this a little bit. It's about having fun in the workplace and trying to identify what that looks like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What does um, what does fun look like for you? As because uh, twelve hours a day, sometimes like seven days a week, to me goes. That's a lot. Um, (laughs) How does fun come into that?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's a really good question and I think, you know, Fun can be looked at in so many different ways, and I think that's what's important. So maybe fun for me is, you know, at 5 o'clock in the morning, I go to the gym before I start my day, and then I'm really amped and, you know, and, and I guess from that I'm really positive with my work day. And fun could just be the small wins that I have throughout the day because I've gone into it very positive. And also, though, fun for me from a business owner perspective, and my husband is fantastic at this, is about that reward for your own self. Now, that might be on a Friday afternoon, I say to my husband, get me out of the house, take me somewhere, let's just go and have a drink. And I just feel really relieved and whatever it might be. Or it might be that I go and buy myself a special gift because I've worked really hard, my business has been successful and I can reward myself. So from a personal and business owner perspective, that's what fun means to me.
0: So the reward part doesn't sound like it comes naturally to you. How do you make sure that you don't um, lose six months without actually stopping to reward yourself?
1: It's, that's a, it's a funny that you say that. My husband says to me all the time, are you really, really proud of what you've done? And I said, I don't actually stop and think about it. Um, so I think he's my tap on the shoulder, slow down. It's been three months. You've worked so hard. Um, let's go out and do whatever. Um, But I do, look, I do, what I'm starting to find that I'm doing now, especially because I've got a full-time team member and I'm planning to put someone else on, is I said to my husband every quarter, can we go away for five days? So we're going to Brisbane in March, actually, which has now come up quite quickly. And we'll go, we've booked, he's booked all of the dinners, we're going to go and do some things. So I think, That way it's scheduled and I don't miss it.
0: Mm, Yeah, so being able to schedule things in. uh, And uh, is part of your fun a bit of spontaneity as well? So deciding on a Friday let's just do something. But Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and I think, you know, tomorrow I'm actually, I've said to Katie, my staff member, do you mind working from home? Because working from home together you're a little bit restrained with you know I can't just go and sit on the couch and have a cup of tea because I feel a little bit bad because Katie's up in the office so I said to her do you mind just working from home tomorrow I know she's going away for the weekend so I said I don't care if you finish early Um, I just need to have a bit of breathing space tomorrow and she's all about it so you know it's, it's having flexibility and not having those I know in corporate life it can be a little bit like it's really restrained or constrained. Um, Whereas here, I like to be a little bit more loose with time and and how I allocate that.
0: It's a really interesting concept because I think sometimes, and I see this happening, you go from an environment that is really structured and quite rigid to an environment where there is more freedom. And I think that sometimes, like I have seen X corporate people go and start their own business and get to a certain point and really struggle with that because they don't have some structure. And yeah. so it's not about, um, it's not about have, not having structure. In fact, I think the the more structure you have without the rigidity, so structure with flexibility, I think creates an environment that you can then enjoy and and have fun in.
1: Yeah absolutely like I'm a real early bird like my mind at 3am is as sharp as a whip so I've been known to get up at 3.30 and start work now that's mostly because I've been under the pump but it just you know you can't do that in the corporate world you 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 know no, you have to start work at 9am and finish at 5pm and that's not how I operate so for me part of being in my own boss gives me that flexibility. I've probably got nine hours of work done if I start at 4am before most people even sort of, you know, think about having lunch. So that for me is amazing, but it's not for everyone. Like I know people that just could not do that. They need to go to work. They need to work in the hours and they need to have structure completely fine.
0: Uh, and given the environment that you're operating your business in, there's a whole lot of structure and there'd be requirements around that in terms yeah. of it's not just about you, it's about the needs of your clients.
1: Uh, I'm in one of the heaviest compliant industries you can think of as a mortgage broker. So, you you know, even though I say I might get up at 4am and, you know, do my five hours and be finished by nine doesn't mean I can finish my day like that if if a loan is due I have to keep working I have to get it done so there's not flexibility I know a lot of people have said oh you must you know you go out to lunch and things like that having your own business I don't think I've ever done that it's it's not about that I don't have that kind of freedom but I do have flexibility to call my own hours and shots and things like that but in saying that I still work a lot more than I probably ever have
0: mm do you see that as being something that you'll continue to do?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm a business owner and I want to be super successful. You can't do it without being you, you can't not work the hours that I work in this industry I don't believe um and not and expect to be super successful it's it,
0: it's it's time consuming. Do you think that we have bought into that or because I'm always open to these things. I'm like, I, I hear the, you know, you can't have it all. And I'm like, mm. well, why can't I have a little bit of all of it? And um, because I, you know, I obviously got my own business, um, very different to yours, but I don't work seven days and I don't work 12 hours a day. Like I, a, and, and I think I did at one point and I think part of that was, um, you know, I'd come out of the corporate environment and there was a bit of an expectation to do as many hours as you needed, but they weren't necessarily all productive hours. Um, I I just, I want to play with this idea that we, to be successful as business owners, we don't have to work stupidly long hours. Um, that's that I'm playing with that. So I, I don't have a, yeah, you can, and I'm certainly not in your environment, but I, I think, like. Are we allowed to dare to dream that we could? Absolutely.
1: I do not intend to keep this up. <laughs> like I want to not work on a Friday, for instance. I want to have Fridays off. Um, and that is one of my goals. So that means for in this industry, for my business, because of the size of it, I need to employ more people. Um, but absolutely, my my goal is to start to walk away a little bit from this, you know, 12 hours a day. But for me to do that, I had to work those 12 hours to build my business to where it is. But I'm not going to keep on doing it. Absolutely not. Part of being a business owner for me is going, oh, okay, well, I've built something now. I'm going to step back a little bit.
0: And I think it's so interesting you touch on that point because I do think that, and I was talking to my almost 15-year-old son, um, uh yesterday and I said you want to get to a place in your career where you're working smart not hard yes but I think part of the process to get there I think part of the pathway is to know what hard actually looks like and feels like
1: absolutely
0: and I do think that some people try to skip over that because I I agree like when I first started my business even when I first joined the workforce it was it was very hard you were working long hours you were doing you were putting in whatever it was in order to see where you could go to navigate the way around. Um, and I think that then you can trans you can transition from hard to smart. But I think I-, I don't know. Again, sort of open to different people doing different things. But I do I am concerned about the younger generations coming through and thinking that they can just go down the easy path, that things are going to be easy and that they can work smart straight away. Yeah. I just I- I'm not sure I see how that's going to happen. No, I agree. I, look, I
1: don't have children, but I see it. Um, my, my husband has a child. I, yeah, I, I agree. You can't just step into something and expect for it to already be where you want it to be. If you if you listen to any entrepreneur, successful business person, whether they're an entrepreneur, have their own business, or they work in a different environment, a corporate environment, you can guarantee they have worked their bums off um, to get to a certain point. And once you're at that certain point, then you can make some decisions on how you want to go on with things. You may want to continue to work really hard and and achieve more goals, or you might want to go, I've done my hard yards. I'm in a fantastic place. That's it. Now I'm going to have a bit more time for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
0: and find that balance. So, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people now about, um, you know, operating as though we're not Switching things on and off, like okay, funds over now, get to work now, funds on, let's disconnect. It's this concept of both of those, but in parallel. And I do think that it, I do think that there is a deeper conversation or better relationships that we need to have in order to make that work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, with your um, you've got one staff member and you're looking to expand your team, how do you find the, I don't like to say balance because I know people are really, some people are a little bit um, concerned about the use of the word, but, you know, let, let's call it balance. The balance between getting things done and, and having fun and working hard versus working smart. You know How do you see that kind of playing out as your business expands?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Like I'm really, one of the things I really wanted to be when I started my business was an employer of choice like I wanted people to really want to work with me and and so I've sort of thought about what that looks like and coming from the different environments that I've had I think what people miss is that looseness of of work like I don't know why we have to if like Katie the the girl that works for me now is fantastic she'll come in at nine or a little bit after nine because she's got children no worries. Um, but then she she might leave at bang on 4 or 3.30, but she doesn't have a lunch break and that's her choice. I've never said anything to her. She works very much like me. But there, there might also be days where we have had such a big week and I'll just say to Katie, it could be 2.30 in the afternoon, go home. Go home, pick up your kids from school, relax, go into the weekend. So I think for me it's really about identifying when we really have to work hard and so we've got that strict environment and when things can be a little bit sort of, you know, relaxed and it's okay, you've worked really hard, so knock off early or let's have a have a laugh or whatever it might be. So, you know, I try to be very conscious of that in the work environment because we could burn out in this industry. It's pretty full on. Yeah. And if I don't do that for myself and if I don't do that for my staff, then they're not going to want to come to work.
0: And so is there a point where you could, rather than saying, um, Katie, it's 2.30, go home, pick the kids up, that you would empower Katie to go, Nikki, I'm going home now. <laughs> like I'm I'm out. Yeah. Um, but, and, and still trust. Yeah. And I don't know whether trust is the right word, but still have confidence that she's going to deliver what needs to be delivered so that your business remains successful.
1: Absolutely. The, the only problem with Katie is quite often when I'll say to her, oh, you know what, you can go home and she'll go it's only three o'clock. I can't go home now. And I said, I'm just telling you, you can go home. So Katie's very loyal and very trustworthy. She would absolutely be the one person that I could do with, do that with. And yes, I've got no problems with that. You know, it's really about output. Why do we have to, you, you know, I used to work in an organisation and I used to walk around people's desks to get to another office and I could see what they were doing on their computers they weren't working so just because they were there from nine to five doesn't mean that they were using those full hours to be productive so you know I sit side by side with Katie at the moment just because of the the office setup she does not stop so Mm. she's probably putting out more in those you know, seven hours or whatever it might be than what a lot of people actually deliver in a nine to five environment. So I think it's really about identifying that with your staff.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It actually just brought back a memory of when we did work together and um I had a window I had a window desk. And Yeah, I know. Um <laughs> <laughs> Really good view, um, and the sun would sort of come through there after lunch, and um, there was a guy that used to sit behind me, and he would he'd nod off, um, after lunch, and it was a really it was a great space to want to nod off. I know there were times where I was like kind of patting my cheek, <laughs> need to stay awake. And the other reason I knew he'd nodded off is because he started snoring. Oh my so
1: goodness! Turn
0: around, yeah, give a bit of a kick under the table and say, come on, wake yeah. w- wake up. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like it's about it is about the delivery and about the uh, instead of the hours but you're in an environment where yes it's about the delivery but I would imagine it's also about the accessibility like to be available for your clients how do you how do you work those two things together
1: yeah so at the moment I would say that really still is falling on my shoulders like um you know and I guess because I over, not over deliver, customer service is so, so important for me. Um, So I don't drop the ball in that space. So I think moving forward, that's really one of the key things I need to focus on when I maybe employ my next staff member, are they going to be the one that actually takes those calls? And I, because if I don't remove myself from that, then I'm never going to remove myself from that. And I know when I go away on holidays, it's that balance of, oh well Nikki's not here and then I get the phone number and then I have to call them so that is definitely my goal in the next 12 months to figure out how I no longer become the one that everyone has access to so um yes absolutely that's a priority because it does really weigh you down a little bit like because it's, it's it's a fine balance I don't want to let my clients down but I've also got to give myself some freedom to walk away from this this office and this business so yeah Mm.
0: Is it, um, you know, how much of that comes down to setting expectations around your service proposition um, and then attracting the clients that do, do you believe in, because I think part of having fun and enjoying what I do is working with like-minded people, working with people who value similar things does that come into account with, with your business?
1: Yeah, it should <laughs> and it's going to. So, you know, when you start off in this business or any business, you you know, you kind of bend over backwards for a client just so you can try and get your first client or your, your first 10, you know, your 10th client. Now I'm in a position where my business is becoming very successful But it means I'm too busy for one person to manage it the same way. So I have to start setting expectations or put in service level agreements, I suppose, for my clients. So what is that? Like, Nikki will call you back in the next 24 hours. And I kind of have to just go, it's okay. You don't need to respond straight away. People understand. So I think that's on me to figure out how I implement that and deliver it. But absolutely, and I think then as long as I'm delivering what I'm promising,
0: then there's no problems. So do you need another mark to tap you on the shoulder every now and then and go, you know, you probably need to reset some expectations here?
1: Yeah, he's good like that, I have to say. But now I know for my own benefit, and even because of my workload, I can't actually react the way that I used to um, because otherwise it takes me away You know, I'm dealing with numbers and things like that. So if I get distracted by a phone, then all of a sudden I've got to go back to the beginning. So it's not productive. So Mark actually doesn't have to tap me on the shoulder for this one. I know exactly where I'm at. I'm waiting to move into my office. I'm waiting to put another staff member on and then I'll be very um, strict on myself as to how I roll all of this stuff out. So
0: we know that, um, you know, people are looking to their leader to go, what is acceptable Um, What am I seeing them do? And then, you know, adjusting myself around that. And so the, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Um, you know, if you're wanting your, your people, your employees to behave in certain ways or embrace certain things that you've got to go there first Yeah, and not just go there, but also then give them permission and almost hold them responsible for taking themselves there as well.
1: Such a good question. Katie has been sitting by my side since she started. So she's learned a lot, actually, because she listens. But I have to also be very conscious of my reactions. Um, and there has been occasions where I have not doubt, particularly dealt with things maybe that well because it's just been so frustrating or a deal has started to turn pear shape, And it can be very stressful. So, you know, I have actually then had to say to Katie, look, please don't think that that's how things will be with every time something like this happens, I learn from it. And I put maybe another process in place or something to make sure that doesn't happen again. But you're right, like I have, but then in saying that Katie has also to be a mortgage broker, you have to kind of be a little bit aggressive, not the right word, but you have to be a little bit forceful to make sure you can keep deals moving or to question things like that. So I think Katie's kind of learnt that from me. With It's, it's still being very nice to people. You have to talk the right way. So I think... I'd like to say that I've done that correctly or and, and and in the right way. And Katie's definitely picked up on that. So there's a little bit of forcefulness, but there's also kindness. You've got to have that fine balance because at the end of the day, we're dealing with people on the, end of the other end of the phone. Um, if you want the right outcome, you can't be rude to them. So, you know, I think, yes, um, I've, I'm very conscious of that. And whilst I haven't done it 100% right over the years, I've definitely learned from it.
0: So you can have a forceful conversation with someone and still keep it light? Yeah, think? I
1: think so. I, I mean, I don't know if forceful is the right word, but, you know, you have to, you've got to be able to stick up for yourself in this industry. And like, you know, we get told a lot of things, but they don't necessarily come into place. So you really have to stay on top of them. And that and that's probably more to the point. Um, but there are some times where you have to push back as well and go, no, um, I know my rights and my clients' rights and then we just deal with them. But there's all different avenues of doing that correctly. We have business development managers that we can draw upon to help us. You know, you've got to and then, and this is all about the connections and that you make. So, um, you know, you've got to meet them. You've got to form a, a friendship almost, you know, because otherwise, why should they help you at the end of the day if you don't do the right thing back by them? So it's a two-way street.
0: Mm-hmm. And you end up playing Switzerland a little bit, um, navigating the emotions of your clients, because it's a highly yeah. emotional transaction versus the, um, you know, politics. I don't know if that's the right word, but the um, uh, the process and the bureaucracy that comes at the other end. And like you said, they're, they're people. And so, Just remembering that as you try to sort of navigate the complexity of whatever you're doing.
1: I mean, there's some hard things, but what's the point in having a go at the person on the other end of the phone? They're only trying to do their job. And whilst you might not think they're doing a good job, it doesn't matter. You've got got an end goal that's together and you've just got to try and achieve it. So figure Mm. out a nice way of doing it.
0: Absolutely. So coming back to fun, um, does laughter come into it with you? Yeah,
1: definitely. Like, Katie, uh, uh, full disclosure, Katie's actually one of my best friends. Um, So, you know, we have a bit of banter and things like that. But, you know, for the most part, we work really hard. But then there's that, you know... Oh, let's just have a, you know, a breath. Katie brought in a big box of chocolates yesterday because we we had a bit of a busy, crazy week and little things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm actually starting a new business. It's being launched this year, actually, or very soon. So it's called Girls Just Want to Have Fun. So, and the first event that we're having is on International Women's Day. So, you know, Katie's coming along, but she's not working. She's just going to be part of the International Women's Day. So hopefully I can start to do a few more events in that space and my staff will just come along as guests, not as employees or anything. So I'd like to think there'll be that kind of, you know, release um, available to them.
0: And how do you stop, like, girls just want to have fun, love the name, want to know more. How do you make sure that it stays that way, um, but also stays, you know, how do you ma- how do you manage the brand around that? Because I could imagine girls want to have fun, could be, I- I'm just imagining it could become out of control. You could have, you know, you know, the classic hen's party party. Um, yeah you know, the, forgive me for saying the tackiness that can come with that. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of girls having fun, um, but also not so rigid that there's pretentious. I I think this is a hard thing to navigate for women because I think you've got this high expectation on one side and complete looseness on the other. And, you know, where's that in between? Because I think it is important to have fun, but there is a, yeah, you probably took that too far.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, we'll be very strict on what Girls Just Want to Have Fun is. Like the first sort of three pillars, I suppose, that we'll be rolling out is an educational piece. So because I'm in finance, um, we're going to sort of focus on I've been having a lot of um, females coming out of separations I don't know if it was COVID um, well a lot of them are actually saying that it was COVID so and a lot of them have sort of approached me you know just tenderly going I don't even know if you can help me because now I'm a single mom and and whatever but actually I can like you know it's just about that educational piece as to what they need to do so they've gone and bought a house and they were you know, beside themselves. Um, also young females coming up, maybe out of school um, and things like that. And a couple of things there, I'm, I've always been passionate about these things and it's just about what I'm seeing now is a lot of afterpays and people spending money on things that probably they can't actually afford, but it's because it's so accessible. So I just, you know, I want to have an educational piece around that, maybe that's going into schools or whatever it might be. Um, the second piece or pillar is actually fun, and that will be events. So International Women's Day, I've got some ideas from so, for some other events to do, but I haven't actually nailed that down. But they won't be hens parties and things like that. They really will be focused more on, you know, that business kind of person, um, but not, not not isolated to that either. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there'll be um, some mentoring. So I have a fantastic marketing person that I work with from Content Hive. Lisa and I are kind of going to collaborate on some mentoring stuff going forward. So, because Lisa's amazing, um, her and her team. And then with the combination, hopefully, that I can bring to the table, then we can start to help um, maybe it's young entrepreneurs or it's people already in business, whatever that might be. So It'll be quite, yes, the name of the business ferry is fun. And I couldn't believe that I actually was able to register that name, to be honest. I thought it'd be long gone. Um, But, yeah, it was there. So I just think it gives, you know, a, a nice sort of presentation of what it is, but it'll be quite strict in what we deliver.
0: Mm, I love that. And, you know, I think, um, having some guidelines around what's acceptable and what's not even to the point of, you know, this is a judgment free zone. Um, cause I think one of the heaviest things and not just for females. I think people in general, even in teams is I think what takes the fun out of anything is judgment of others or fearing judgment of others. And, yeah. um, you know, that When you've got this space where it's really open and it is you and I are not the same, but I totally like I get it and I'm okay with it. And I'm actually okay enough with myself to not project that onto you. I think that is where true, like fun in whatever sense of the word that is for you. I think that's where you can kind of get that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean fun you know fun in the workplace isn't about sitting around drinking and whatever it might be and having a and not working it's about relaxing a little bit more in those you know those really tight boundaries or confinements and just um, as long as people are, are putting out then don't don't put them in some little box that, you know, really, because we're all different. We are all so different, you know, in Mm. the way that we work and the way that our lives are outside of work. Katie's got two young children that she's got to deal with and they've got all these activities. It's exhausting listening to Katie. (laughs) I'd rather do my 12 hours a day here. So, um, you know, we're all different. So I have to to take that on board with Katie. She's got stuff going on outside of work. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, it's been such a great conversation. And um, I'm excited for your new business. Um, girls just want to have fun. Um, I think boys just want to have fun might be the next yeah, uh Yeah, no, it's we... not
1: it's not restricted <laughs> or refined, <laughs> restrain. <laughs>
0: which is uh, which is a great idea. And I think um, you know, in, in the environment that we're in today where things are like I think we've created a bit of heaviness, and so you know, this conversation is really good to remind people to just bring back the lightness and the play and the not take things too seriously. Absolutely. Um, focus on what needs to get done, get in there, get it done and, you know, celebrate to your point, make sure that you do reflect and take some time out for yourself every now and then.
1: Yep, absolutely agree.
0: So thank you again. Um, it's been great. I will, if you've got information on um, girls, just want to have fun that you want to share, I can definitely pop that in. If anyone wants to connect with Nikki, I'll put her LinkedIn details in the comments. Um, but thank you again. And thanks everyone for another dynamic leader conversation. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thanks, Shelley. Thanks again for listening to another episode of The Dynamic Leader. There is no better time than now to work through your leadership and people strategy. To establish what the future might look like for your business and how you might empower your people to help you succeed. It is through building the capability of your people and reducing their dependency on you that will keep you moving forward at pace and will see you remaining relevant in the future. I have worked with over 100 businesses across almost as many industries and seen firsthand the challenges that come with employing, engaging, and managing staff. If you're looking to improve how you lead, why not reach out for a conversation? In the meantime, thanks so much for joining me and stay awesome.